No one said this was going to be easy, Elon Musk. Elon Musk making a whole lot of noise on Twitter again, asking whether he should step down as chief twit. We'll get all the details on that, plus a look at these markets that are growing increasingly nervous, and I've got to share with you my thoughts on the Miss America competition that I just judged. I'm back, by the way, sorry. Everybody was like, where's the show? Where's the show? Where's the show? Well, I was working on the other show, right? Judging really and truly, I'm not kidding, around the clock. I don't think I ever had any idea all that went into this. These women were just incredible. I am telling you some of the smartest, most intelligent, most driven young women I've ever met. And and if nothing else, it should all... Let us take a deep breath because we can believe in the future of our society with these women out there. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it coming up. But first of all, welcome. Welcome back to the program. I am Trish Regan. This is the Trish Regan Show brought to you in part by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to think about investing for the long haul than right now. And when you do, you need to think about that diversified portfolio. Part of that diversification includes things like precious metals, for the long haul. So take a look. And when you do call my friends over at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Again, LegacyPMInvestments.com. More on that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about Elon. Elon Musk. Oh, my goodness. Never one to disappoint. Out with a tweet last night saying that he's wondering if he should step down. He had some kind of online Twitter poll asking whether he should continue on as head of the company. So he tweeted out basically... Well, not basically. Here's the quote. (laughs) Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. And he asked people to respond with a yes or no. And then in another tweet, just, you know, a short time after he came back saying, and I quote, as the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. So in other words, a lot of people are mad at him all around, like all sides right now. He's kind of in an unpopular spot because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. This is a very challenging issue that he's taken on. He's trying to ensure our First Amendment and yet simultaneously trying to ensure that there are certain protections in place, right? That people don't get doxxed, that there's not any unnecessary kind of bullying or hazing or any of that. And so now some prominent members of the media have come under fire. Keith Oberman is one. He's very upset. He's like tweeting from his dog's account. You had a Washington Post reporter that had doxxed some people. And so now she, well, she was temporarily suspended. I believe now she's back on. And there's others that are in trouble because they've promoted rival platforms. The tough thing about free speech is, especially when you're talking about a capitalist entity, is that it's a very hard thing to implement. Very, very good in theory, right? And we all believe in it. I mean, you're talking to Miss Freedom of Speech here. Forget about Miss America. This is Miss Freedom of Speech right here. But yet I also recognize the challenges of actually putting it into being in a healthy and positive way and importantly, within a capitalist frame structure. So Elon's got this company. He overpaid for it. Let's be honest. I mean, he tried to get out of it. I told you he wouldn't be able to. And now he's going to try and make it work. So of course he doesn't want the former CNN guy, Jim Acosta on there tweeting about some other platform. By the way, I have never even heard of some of these platforms. I mean, there are like zillions of platforms out there and everybody's saying, oh, follow me here, follow me there. And so he's saying, no, 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 no. We're not going to have any of that. This is the one and only. But nobody wants to be on that one and only, at least from the liberal side of things, because they now perceive it as being anti-liberal. 
And, you know, he's not necessarily doing himself any favors when he then goes and closes all the liberals' accounts. And so we're now in this very tricky spot. My interest in this is that I want to see Elon succeed. I think he's a really, really smart guy who has a shot at getting this right really more than anyone, anyone else out there. So he's dealing with a few hiccups along the way. I mean, we all have them, right? But you know, it goes back to why it's so important to protect our country right now and to hope that there are smart people in government that understand policies that affect all this. Because I don't think we would have gotten so far out over our skis on a company like Twitter if we as a government, as a nation, understood, if our lawmakers really understood what was on the line or at stake. We get a bunch of people in Washington, D.C. that can barely run a computer, let alone understand what something like a social media platform could be. And so consequently, we're, we are where we are now, and it's not good. It's one of the reasons why we need to support causes that will really advance our freedom, protect our First Amendment, protect our opportunity for the next generation to succeed and to prosper and to help manage all this inflation, which I promise you we will get to in the show. But I just want to give a plug for my friends over at AMAC, one of the great sponsors of this program, the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's kind of like the conservative version, I would say, of the AARP. You can think of it that way. It's an organization that's so dedicated to making sure we have the right policies for the future in Washington, D.C. and throughout the country. And it's made up of more than 2 million people, like-minded, probably that think a lot like you and a lot like me, that care about making sure that we have the right policy in place to protect us all, to protect our economy, to protect our freedoms, to protect our nation. So go check them out. If you join, it's a great thing because you get all kinds of discounts on hotels and restaurants and travel. I mean, all kinds of great stuff. They've got wonderful advice if you're seeking for example, some help on the financial front, financial planners or insurance. All of that is right there for you at AMAC, A-M-A-C, the Association of Mature American Citizens, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash R-E-G-A-N, my name, R-E-G-A-N. So go to amac.us slash Regan today. Sign up. It's just 16 bucks a year. You get all the great discounts, so you make it back in the first week. And you can feel really good about knowing that you're working towards something with this great nation, with other people that think like you. Anyway, as Elon Musk tries to deal with this challenge of navigating free space and whether or not people can promote their other accounts there on Twitter, whether or not he's going to allow certain people to still be on the platform as he deals with all that, he's also still seeking investors and he wants them coming in at a valuation that's the same as what he paid for it. Now, this is where it's going to get a little bit tricky because if you look out over the tech landscape right now, what you see is that all of these companies... Facebook, Google, their share prices are really hurting, right? So their valuations have declined pretty significantly over the course of the last year. And hey, I mean, even Elon himself argued that he way overpaid for the company when he offered that $54.20 a share and then wound up paying it because you see the Delaware court said, hey, you got to stick to the merger agreement. So it makes it ever more challenging to go out there and seek investors when you yourself have admitted that you might have overpaid. I mean, not just admit it. I mean, there was a whole lawsuit, et cetera, about it. So 
This company is now increasingly in a precarious spot. I think Elon will stay on. And like I said, it's very important that he does because I think he's the one guy that can kind of see this through to the other end. I mean, it's going to be volatile. He's what you call a high beta personality, like a high beta stock, right? Lots of highs and lots of lows. But he is a genius. And this this issue, it is the issue of our time. I actually encourage you to go back and listen to my interview with the computer software programmer that it was one of the very first in artificial intelligence. It happened about a couple of weeks ago, and he has a new book out that's a science fiction book, actually. It was so funny. He said to me, look, I've written enough code. I wanted to write something that would be meaningful for our future. And it's this dystopian novel that talks about how the AIs can really start to rule your life because it's the AIs that are controlling the information. And so you want to have multiple sources of information and not be dependent on these AIs. That's so critical in a free society. So it's a dilemma. I think it's probably the biggest dilemma of our time. And I'm hopeful that Elon can start to find a solution here. But he's got to he's got to he's got to stay put. Right. Like and he's got to make it through the week. So this will be an interesting week. Speaking of interesting weeks, of course, we know that the January 6th hearings are heating up big time here. But even these sort of come back to social media. If you were watching the weekend shows, you would have seen on my friend Maria Bartiromo's program, FNC's Sunday Morning Futures, the representative from Ohio, Republican representative, that said he wants to use the Oversight Committee to investigate any FBI coordination with social media companies. Because that would be kind of bad, right? If you've got the FBI sort of colluding, so to speak, with these social media companies to rig an election in one way or another... That would definitely be really bad. Let me quote him here. He's in the interview with Maria Bartiromo. He said, and I quote, the FBI, under the cover of saying that they were foreign influence, had really exploded into activities that involved engaging with mainstream media and social media and really impacting what is the normal debate of democracy. Now, what's very troubling here, he went on to say, is that this was not based on intelligence. So that's a big accusation. He's saying it was entirely political. It wasn't intel-driven. Don't forget, right? They, they were never able to prove any of that dossier nonsense. So if it wasn't real intelligence, if it was just politically motivated, then at what point do we say, whoa, wait a second here. This is complete interference in our freedom of speech as individuals. And I think that really gets at the root of the question. That's why these Twitter files are going to be so fascinating as more and more of this information comes out because we're learning our government was definitely trying to center a whole lot of stuff. And when you've got government censorship, you've got a whole lot of problems. I mean, heck, I, I, how many times did I get in trouble for saying we've got inflation or we've got a, a two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, which means we're in a recession. And that got just completely completely, I guess the word is shadow banned by many in the social media landscape because these were things that were just not allowed to be said. This was at odds with what the administration wanted and, and considered acceptable. Well, let me tell you, I was right and I'm still right. We do have a ton of inflation. It's not going away. Everybody's finally waking up to that reality. I've been 
pounding the table since summer of 2020. And we're going on like two and a half years now. But the handwriting was on the wall. And I'll tell you, it's still on the wall. It's why I have not been buying this market. I'm very cautious in this market environment. And I think that we are going to still have challenging and troubled times ahead, which is why you should be, hopefully you already are, diversified. And if you're not, you might want to think about it. And part of that diversification, as I always say, includes things like precious metals, at least for me. I mean, I have found, and I'm not your financial advisor, and I got to, you know, make sure that everybody knows that. Um, I'm just giving you my own personal experience. I have found that having a diversified portfolio that includes things like gold has helped to even out some of these fluctuations. I also like that gold can protect the value of my dollar over the long term because the spending of those dollars, the purchasing power of those dollars tends to dwindle as you go forward. In fact, it's pretty remarkable when you look at what $100 would get you back in 1972, say, versus today. It would take nearly $700, frankly, to buy the same amount of goods that you could have bought back in 1972. So having gold helps protect the value of those dollars. So take a look at this. Consider it. The, the guys that I trust for this and gals happen to be over at Legacy Precious Metals. It's a family-run company. You can go to their website, LegacyPMInvestments.com, or you can call them because they'll help guide you through all of this. It can be kind of tricky because do you buy the actual gold and put it in a safe deposit box? Do you buy a gold-backed IRA? There's a lot of different things you can do. So give them a call. Their number is one 589 560 Again, it's one 589 Charles Thorngren is the CEO. He's been on the program with me many times. He's just a wonderful man, and it's not a hard sell. They just want to make sure that you have that diversification, as I want to make sure that you need for the future and that you're planning accordingly. That's a big part of this, right? Because certain people at certain stages of their life can take on more risk than others. So you have to think through all of that. LegacyPMInvestments.com is their website. Give them a ring. You're welcome to use my name, one 589 But this inflation, it's pretty sticky. And, you know, inflation typically is. I mean, it just typically is. And I, I don't anticipate that the Fed is going to get rid of it as soon as the Fed would like to. That opportunity kind of came and went. They should have done a whole lot more a whole long time ago. They didn't. And so we are where we are. And you know, I, I don't want to harp on that too much, only because there's not much we can do now. And I'm frustrated. I'm sure you're frustrated. And they completely missed, missed all of it. But what can they do now? They're going to keep raising rates. And as they keep raising rates, you're sucking more and more money out of the economy, which has to be done. But if the economy is not on stable enough footing to handle it, then you're going to get that recession everybody's fearful of. Look, I've made the point that we were in the classic definition of a recession. I think we're going back into it, and I think this time it's going to be worse. So be on the lookout as we go into 2023. It could indeed be quite challenging. So you want to make sure that your portfolio is healthy. You want to make sure that you're healthy. And here's an interesting segue for you. <laughs> you want to make sure that all members of your household, including those little furry friends, are also healthy. I mentioned my furry friends because I'm so happy to be home from the Miss America. I've got Fluffy, my little tiny Maltese, <laughs> sits on my lap sometimes when I'm driving. He's a really, really well-behaved dog. 
but he couldn't come to the Miss America pageant with me. Unfortunately, now, wouldn't that have been great? Unfortunately, he wasn't going to make it there, but I'm back home with him now and making sure that he gets his rough greens every single day. It's a supplement that I put in his food. I just sprinkle it right on top and it tastes wonderful. And it gives him all those healthy nutrients, the essential vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the digestive enzymes, everything that he needs to really bring his food to life. It was started by a great guy, a former army ranger actually named Dr. Dennis Black, who's a naturopathic doctor and he cares so much about health for humans and also for his dogs. His dogs are a little bit bigger than mine, but he cares and he wanted to make sure that every dog had the opportunity to have all of this good stuff, all these nutrients every single day. So in a special offer for listeners of this show, you can go to roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com. You get it, right? Roughgreens.com today. Sign up for your free trial bag that Dr. Black is offering right now. All you have to do is pay for shipping, but you get a free trial bag and you'll see firsthand the difference. I promise you, you are going to notice a difference in your dog. I certainly have. I mean, it could be just that he's really happy I'm home from Miss America. I know I'm really happy I'm home, but I got to tell you, what a wonderful incredible experience that was. And if anyone who participated in it or is familiar with it is listening, forgive me for earlier calling it a pageant. They dropped that verbiage a long time ago, actually, because it's not that stereotypical beauty pageant from years ago. This is really, if you ask me, a leadership program, a training ground for future CEOs, future politicians, future entrepreneurs, future mothers. I mean, really a a training program, if you would, that helps to foster the best, the best in our society. And I, I think I told you earlier in the program, I was so encouraged because it's easy to get kind of down about where we are as a society and think that these young kids, they don't have any work ethic. They, they just think everything's going to get handed to them. Not these young women, these young women were motivated. They were brilliant. They were super talented and all of them, all of them were on a mission to really do something for this world and to help themselves grow in the process. So I was so excited to be there. I was so excited to meet them all and just blown away by the level of competence. It is very clear to me that states all over the country are doing great things to help guide and foster these young women. And I'm not kidding. I really do think that this is the next generation of entrepreneurs and leaders for this society. And I think this organization has tremendous potential to grow, to recruit the very best young women, talented, smart, driven, and to help guide them and help them really achieve their dreams. And in doing so, those women give back to other women, right? Because too often women can be really competitive with each other in a way that is quite stereotypical. And I I don't think that that's really the essence of who we are. I know I, I look at so many of these young girls as, as if they could be my, my daughter, and I want to make sure that my daughters are set up for a better spot in life, and I would certainly want to make sure every single one of these young women have every opportunity available to achieve their goals, and that's why the scholarship is so important. They gave out $5 million this year, making it one of the largest scholarship programs for women in the world. So that's that's great. And by the way, I'm a beneficiary of it. I went to Columbia University in part thanks to the money that I won while competing in the Miss America system. So it, it's a great organization that really has the potential to do so much more. The candidates themselves were just also fantastic. The young woman that won Miss Wisconsin 
was just phenomenal. She had an economic platform. Now, you know how much I love anything that has to do with growing our economy and anything that's really policy driven. There were some very interesting ones. For example, I'll tell you, Miss West Virginia had a whole plan to make us fully agriculturally independent, which is obviously pretty darn important right now. You look over there in Ukraine, you see what's going on. You look at food prices these days, you know how much inflation is there. So when you hear about something like, wait a second, we can employ people. We can ensure good food for all Americans. I mean, these are things that I think have an economic interest. They have a policy interest and they're very much about our future. Anyway, Miss Wisconsin had a fantastic Fantastic plan. She's a nuclear engineering student at the University of Wisconsin to really invest more in nuclear energy. Now, you know, everybody talks about going green, et cetera, but nobody's actually willing to do what it takes because they're so fearful of things like nuclear energy. And her point was, we need to stop being afraid. We need to start looking at this as a real alternative. And I don't disagree with that. I think that you absolutely, if you want to go clean energy, green energy, You've got to actually find something that works. And it's scary. Yeah, I get it. But the science has improved dramatically and we ought to be investing everything we can on continuing to improve that science. I mean, it's all wonderful and great. We're going to drive around in electric cars, but that still doesn't solve the issue. So when I saw somebody up there brave enough to say, I want to solve this issue as a nuclear engineer, that was pretty darn impressive. She also happened to be a fantastic violinist, but they were all just great. I mean, any single one of those women could have been Miss America. Absolutely could have done the job without a doubt. So talented, so smart, so driven. What a pleasure. Thank you to the organization for including me as a judge. It was very special. It was wonderful to have my kids there, my family there, especially my twin daughters that were there with a few of their friends. And I'll tell you one thing, they left feeling empowered. Isn't that what we want for our girls? Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Don't forget, you can check out the website, trishintel.com. Sign up for the newsletter, and I'll be back with you tomorrow.